George Floyd had a knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Black people have felt this knee for over 400 years. Systemic racism is a pandemic that we have ignored for too long. It is the responsibility of the people who have benefited and continue to benefit from the structural advantage to step up and spearhead the change. White people, it is time to step up. It is time to acknowledge that white privilege exists and then begin the work to dismantle it. We must not take our foot off the gas. Please continue to sign petitions. Please continue to donate to bail funds and Black Lives Matter organisations. If you cannot donate, please share resources. Please seek out information, stories and knowledge. And most importantly, please speak up. Please speak up. Anti-racism is not a discreet act. We have donated to uh, several organisations and will continue to do so. I have included links to several useful resource centres in the show notes. Thank you. My name is Amel and welcome to episode 68 of the Rabble Alliance podcast. Tim? Yep. We are now on day 94. Really? Wow. I think of lockdown. Well, okay. I mean, we're not really on lockdown. No. When are you going to stop doing this actually? Now I think about it. I don't know. I was so <laughs> So basically I've been I've been like um, <laughs> I don't know what's what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Nothing's fully documenting open. documenting uh, lockdown on my Instagram stories, and every I I would just d- document what day we're on. Um, I was thinking when we get to a hundred, I'm just going to be like, that's it. July fourth is when the hospitality sector opens up. So I reckon day. is that yeah. the last thing. So I reckon yeah, July third is the last day of your. Things, yeah, which isn't too far away. No, I think that's a good shout because ultimately, well, obviously. I don't think there's any going back to the way things were. Even and if there's a second peak, we won't go into Yeah, and also again. I think that we shouldn't go back to the way things were. No, we shouldn't. Uh, I don't think that's something people should want No. Um, to go back to the status quo. No. Um, but, yeah, obviously I cannot document this on Instagram forever. Um, but, yeah, I thought a hun- day 100 would be a good place to stop. But I think I, I, I agree with you. I'll... I'll do it until um, yeah because then the only real aspect of lockdown really is travel i guess or international travel yeah because yeah presumably um you know july 3rd or 4th you still have to quarantine yeah uh, if you went away and came back to the uk or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah and also obviously we're still working from home yeah but that is that's a long term Exactly, that, like... No one's rushing back. No, no, and um, it's a good thing. But yeah, so we'll be working from home until September. Um, yeah, and then... At the earliest, and then, and, really, and, and, and even then. And that's full time, even yeah. then. I think if we go back, it'll be at, at least two, maybe three, maybe more days a week working from home. Yeah, and I, I think uh, where I work as well, I think the... Um, 
sort of back to office reopen or whatever will be phased. Yeah. Because I don't think they. But want I think this is going day to be one. Everyone for, just. For my work, I think it's going to be permanent. Oh yeah, and I think where I am as well. Well, basically, we've shown that, or they've shown that everyone can, can yeah. work from home. Therefore, really, they don't. They can't really enforce a in office. Uh, rule. Yeah. Unless, uh, unless it's sort of very specific circumstances, yeah. which is fine. I know, presu- I understand that some roles they re- really need to be in the office to be uh, the most productive or, or or performed well or whatever, and that's fine. But I think, like for us, we don't actually need to be in the office. And to be fair, where I am, like when we've had those chats about um, going back into the office, uh, they have sort of made it clear that there is that flexibility mm-hmm. that you don't have to go in. Yes every day if you don't want to which is good to know um but yeah other good news yeah or you know not going back to normal but things in in the realm of things reopening yeah um today was the reservation day for disney world or the reservations opened for uh disney world um also because let me start again. So Disney World reopens, um, or the parks reopen on July 11th through the, to the 15th. So two parks yeah. opening on, on the 11th and the rest will be um, open on the 15th. And part of the um, sort of reopen like conditions is that they've reduced park capacities dramatically. So in order to control that, you have to have a park reservation for a specific park in addition to your park ticket. So we had already booked the trip and paid for it in full um, months ago. So before um, COVID-19. So in that respect, we had like the priority for rebooking uh, when our trip was cancelled. So we were able to move the trip to later on in the year. Yeah. And when the park reservation system was opened, it opened today for uh, guests with a hotel stay and ticket package. So that was us. Yeah. Um, so we just need to be able to get in the country now. Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) you know, the first step is complete now. So we were able to, uh, book, uh, or have book reservations for all the parks that we wanted on all the days that we wanted. So we, we didn't have to move anything around in that respect. Um, but ultimately we're still at the mercy of, um, you know, the, I don't want to say the airline industry because they are at the mercy of, I guess, yeah. relevant governments. But you know, at the mercy of those who are in charge of reopening the borders yeah. and imposing those rules. So, as long as there's no, you know, sort of catastrophic second peak or, yeah. or anything like that, or anything that would mean closing the borders um, in the definitive way, then fingers crossed, we should not be, or we should be able to go on this trip later this year which yeah. would be great yes it's needed and it's already been delayed once if we can't go this year we won't be going until uh next year yeah but i think what was really funny was the um so when we were doing this when we were trying to uh, make the reservations today obviously the system crashed straight away <laughs> because yeah. there's like millions of people trying to do the same thing 
at the same time. Yeah. And this is a, a reservation system that didn't exist two months ago. So obviously they've had to cobble together this thing yeah. in order to, you know, make sure that um, they got... Stop tapping your wrist. Tim's giving me the shut up or talk faster and move on. I feel on. like this is a really long tangent. No, I was, I was making... I wanted to uh, contextualise okay. the point. Okay, all right, all right. So it's like... Disney have gone. Disney have put all this stuff together, and then basically my point is, there's always going to be people that moan because oh, yeah, when yeah, I was yeah, on Twitter yeah. and I was yeah. constantly refreshing yeah. Twitter because we were experiencing issues using the system, and yeah. I wanted to make sure it wasn't just us yeah. and it wasn't like we were having a browser issue or something. Yeah, yeah. And usually yeah. the best way to determine whether or not it is just you is you go on Twitter right. and you search whatever it is. So I just searched Disney World, and literally everyone on both sides of the Atlantic were having the same issues. Yeah. That the site was overwhelmed. Um, with traffic and it, it, it shut down. Yeah. And there were people on there that were like just absolutely rabid with rage about um, not being able to at 7 a.m. Yeah. make their park reservations. And there was this, like one guy from the UK and he was like, as of now, I've paid eight grand to sit in my hotel room at Disney World. Not impressed or whatever. And it's like. Well, it's not like he can't get a refund if he wants. No, it was just. Uh, what, and, I, I just found the sort of uh, the sense of entitlement yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like we're all in the same boat, and there's a lot, you know. No one is saying that it's not frustrating or anything like that, but like give it a chance. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like it was three days later and no. you haven't been able to resolve it. It's like, from what I can see, most people after experiencing those issues, managed to get through and managed to get their reservations. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It's, it's at the end of the day, it's, you know, a, a holiday. Like, it sucks. Of course it sucks. Yeah. To have it affected or to have to rearrange or whatever, but, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, I find the Twitter rants, like, I just, funny. just, like, it's, yeah. at least they managed to they're in a position to spend eight grand to go. Yeah, like, that's what that's it was. It's like... a lot for a holiday. And, and if you know, it's fair enough. They might have been saving for years or whatever, but I just... It's like, okay, right, you've... you've yeah, but his attitude doesn't suggest Yeah, that. it's like you've put yeah. your... You know, you've made your point on Twitter. What do you think that yeah. Disney World are going to see that tweet and be like, oh, oh shit! Better oh, suddenly build new you know, servers yeah, in like, the next five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so that yeah. was our morning. Um... <laughs> And afternoon. <laughs> and afternoon. Um, it's done now. But yeah, no, thank you, Tim, for, for doing that because you had today off. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you... I had uh, the morning off, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the, a lot of your time was taken up yeah. looking at a loading page. Yeah. But it was a nice loading page. It was a, you know... Yeah. Pretty castle. Yeah. And then there was a countdown that... Kept going to zero, again. yeah, and just yeah. go back up to like five minutes or whatever. That was really like funny. Zero. Oh. Yeah, it's like we got to zero twice and then it just went back up yeah. to. Um, at one point it was like back to thirty seconds and it was like back to five minutes and then it just crashed completely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but we are here today to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> oh yay, Star Wars! Ooh, 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 ooh. So. Very briefly, before we um, get into the the meat of the show, uh, I don't know if anyone's been watching the Mandalorian making of documentary series on Disney+, Plus, but I watched the last episode yesterday, I think? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you didn't watch it, did you? I kind of watched you watch it. Yeah. I was like, so, yeah. so basically, I just wanted to say that um, I've really enjoyed the the series. Yeah, the it's making been, of series. Been good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like oh, it was nice to sort of instead of it being like an hour and a half or two hour like feature length documentary, like you wouldn't get on like a DVD extra or whatever. It was nice that it was like twenty minute chunks every week. Yeah, it seems like that's the best way for me to like digest uh, Star Wars information now. But yeah, so that I I I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a great insight into the making of the show and also it, it gave a platform for the people that worked on the show that you wouldn't necessarily hear from. Yeah. To you know chat about the experience and the and the process. And yeah, it just made me excited uh, for season two. Or, yeah. And it reminded me that it's not that far away, actually, because it's due to be released in October. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, which means, presumably, we get a trailer soon, I would think. hope so. Yeah. So, that's good. So, if you do... If you have watched The Mandalorian, and you notice that that show is on Disney+, Plus, but you weren't really sure whether or not to invest your time, do it. I would say it's... Like I said, it's short. They're short episodes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that you get some bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so today wanted to have a casual um, love-in for The Empire Strikes Back because it turned 40 in May. Yeah. So it's been 40 years since um, its release and it's still considered widely, or widely considered, and you might disagree, Tim, to be the best Star Wars film ever made. Might not be people's favourite Star Wars film, mm. but it's considered to be the best Star Wars film ever made. And one of the best films ever made. Really? And one of the best sequels ever made. Yeah, that's pretty unbelievable, like, I think. You know, whenever people talk about fantastic sequels, yeah. or outstanding, brilliant sequels, they always say, you always hear, oh yeah, Godfather Part 2, Empire Strikes well, Back. Yeah. And, I don't know, no one cares. But yeah. It's true, yeah. So, 40. I think it still holds up, still looks good. It still looks good, but it, it you, I mean, it doesn't look like it was shot yesterday. No, it was made in 1980. No, but what I'm saying is, is that, like, if oh, you, actually, technically it was made in we like, watched Avatar a couple of months ago on Blu-ray... And I realise the time period isn't 40 years, but it's 10 years. And it looks like it was shot yesterday. What, Avatar? Yeah. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, I think and Empire that's... Strikes Back still looks good. For a film that ambitious in terms of its um, like visuals... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it doesn't look good. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying... Yeah. It's not like it doesn't look current, but at the same time, no. it oh doesn't yeah, it look looks it's, it really looks it, uh, it's yeah. time or part yeah, yeah. like that it came from yeah, that's that part era. Of its, part of its charm. charm. No, yeah. I agree. Um, usually, when we do these sorts of shows, we sort of do like a um, you know top five moments or like favorite moments from blah blah blah. But I thought it would just be better to have more loose structure and be like, well, what do we what we love about the Empire Strikes Back? So it's just talk about in broader um, tones but you can mention specifics if you want um 
But yeah, I have a few things that I've made a note of. Okay. You're happy for me to go for it. Um, go through them. So I've, I've put as number one. Actually, they're not even numbered. They're just starred. But whatever. Yeah. Um, I felt. Oh, what I love is that it builds on um, a new hope in a meaningful way, where unlike you know sequels these days and in the past as well you could have very the cynical part of me would be like well it's just cash grab sequel isn't mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. or you see that a lot where it's like a film is successful in a way that's um, not anticipated and the studios like right how quickly can we put out a sequel because this is what people want and usually the sequel is doesn't take very many risks and just gives the audience more of the same. Yeah. Like the same, but slightly different. And I think that um, The Empire Strikes Back could have very easily done that and gotten away with it as well and made a shitload of money and kept fans happy and sort of... Especially then when the discourse around film is mostly in person and in print. Like you couldn't, you, you, when you had a good experience, word of mouth, I think, sort of had a lot more currency then yeah. than maybe it does now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Or as like, or now, it's not like saying word of mouth doesn't um, make a difference now, but it seems like it's... People, no, what it is, is... The impact it, now is greater and more pernicious. Like you can no, sink a movie. It's not about word of mouth being different it's about the format in which that word of mouth comes and from who it comes because now it's you know the word of mouth you get from family and friends is disproportionately smaller to the word of mouth you get online and all that stuff I mean you can read 20 opinions about something by scrolling two pages of Twitter now whereas in the past you would read maybe one newspaper article and then maybe five people you know have seen it yeah, no, for sure. I think um, now it feels like, especially when it when it comes to um, well, I was gonna say film criticism, but really anything, everyone is an expert. Yeah, I'm an expert. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's an expert on everything, and it's yeah. like you know they talk with such authority on things they know nothing about, and. Um, <laughs> says the person saying it with authority yeah. I, 100% well, no, I'm one of them it's just that all film reviewers have been but you doing, know what no, I no, mean no, yeah, it's but, no, like but it's... film reviewers have been doing this for ages it's just now everybody can do it so it's not like anyone is doing anything different to how things had been done the only difference is more people can do it well no That's I, I, th- I think that um, film criticism and film critique um, especially the type that is in respectable publications. What's that? Is usually they're usually written by people who have some sort of academic um yeah. you know something academic to back up what they're saying. You could disagree with them and it, obviously it's still art is subjective and yeah. ultimately it's an opinion but it's still based on knowledge some, exactly yeah. and it's, yeah. so they they're bringing something to the table by I agree. saying and I agree. I think that there is a difference between that and um yeah. a bunch of people online being like, 
not enough lightsaber battles, one star. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Totally but different. I feel like that's the arena of film criticism that we online, yeah. you know, where everyone can say what they want or whatever, and you can go without on, actually yeah. considering how difficult was you, this to you shoot. Can, or exactly, you, know, you could go onto onto uh, Rotten Tomatoes or whatever and completely tank a film's rating or something based on just garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, why someone would give something one star. You don't have to uh, qualify that, do you? You could no. put whatever and just yeah, yeah, give yeah. it a shit review. Um, yeah, Rise of Skywalker, one star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, Last Jedi. It's like that woman with the purple hair was offensive, one star. Yeah, yeah, but that I say that like it's you know some sort of like glib comment, but that is the sort of those are the sort of reviews. Hmm that were on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's why you find where there's like a, dis- a huge discrepancy between the critic score and the audience score. Yeah. It's, it's like wh- when there's a film where it's like the critic score is in the nineties and the audience score is in the like forties or less, then at that point you have to look at why yeah. it was getting the bad reviews from the audience. And in the case of Star Wars, it's usually like I can discredit the vast majority of those because like I feel like there are lots of people who didn't who didn't get on with a lot a bunch of Star Wars films but they didn't feel the need to go online and set up an account and trash it no do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. it's like I hated the uh, Rise of Skywalker I have to this day I have absolute, I have no account with any online movie review website or anything. I've never left a review for it anywhere. Neither did I go on to um you know IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes and leave the last Jedi a positive review. Mm. I don't engage no um in that way because I don't see the point. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, I feel like where there could have been a temptation to just capitalise on the success of Star Wars by making, you know, the sequel, you know, more space battles, right. more, you know, more lightsaber battles, more this, more that, blah, blah, blah. It felt like they scaled back on that mm. and um, character and story integrity were at the forefront. It felt like, it's like, well, we're not, we are telling this story and... This is uh, this is what happens in this part in this episode. Yeah. So it's not about the especially when and I think a lot of people were quite disappointed. If you look at the reviews, um, in the when the Empire Strikes Back was released, similar to some of the negative reviews that um, the Last Jedi got, where it wasn't what people were expecting, mm. and they were. Mm. You know, like I love getting something I'm not expecting. Yeah, yeah, and I think if it's still good, obviously. I think if you were, a, if you were, a, a, you know, I don't know, a kid in nineteen eighty or whatever, and you'd watch, you remember watching Star Wars in the cinema with your dad or your parents or your big brother or whatever, mm. and you, you, you know, you heard the sequels coming out, and that's it. Like for three years or whatever, that's your leading up to that moment, and you go and you sit there, and it was it ended on a cliffhanger 
Han is in carbonite. We don't know if he's going to make it or not. It's a bit looking a bit all doom and gloom. You know, Darth Vader is Luke's dad. It's... The shit has hit the fan. Yeah. And at that point, you don't... I, I don't think you, you it was a given that there would be a third. Or if know. there was, you don't know when. Yeah. And you're left with that after the, you know, the end of A New Hope, where it's all tied up in a neat bow. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, end, yeah, there's yeah. a medal ceremony, yeah. the good guys win. It's They could have left it there. Yeah, they could. Yeah. yeah, and then you go, and then it's like, it doesn't, I don't want to say, well, I guess you could say it ends on a downer. Com- well, compared to A New Hope, it does end on a downer, but yeah. You'd be like, you'd have to sit with that for a bit, and you wouldn't automatically come out of the cinema and be like, that was great! Five stars, can't wait to watch it again. No, you wouldn't. You, no. It, you, you know, you have to digest it. Yeah. And I felt like that after um, watching The Last Jedi. I didn't, when the film ended, I didn't, I, I, I couldn't, I did not turn around to anyone and say, I have five stars, that was the no, best thing ever. No, we didn't. I had we to actually, think we about were it. asked about it by someone sitting behind us. They were like, what did you think? And, and like, we were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like... But then I kept good. thinking about it. I kept you, thinking you, about yeah, it. And it, I was, it would just... I was like... Whereas The Rise of Skywalker, I don't want to think about it ever again. No. No, because immediately it's, it make, I was it's, like, yeah. it's shit. But when you're watching it and you're like, this is shit. But you're just hoping... Hoping that, it would hoping change and get better. That there was something, yeah. there would be something redeemable about it that you can cling on to, so that you can be like, well, part this of the is story. Shit, but overall, yeah, it works. but right. no, no. <laughs> but and I, I feel like that's why people always com- there will always be that comparison between um, the Last Jedi and Empire Strikes Back because I feel like they had a similar reaction, but. We are a product of our time, and it just feels like it was more hysterical because of Twitter and Reddit and the internet and all of that stuff. And also because there's, there was such a long wait. So there was so much time for uh, the fan base to become entrenched in their views mm. and in their expectations. And they feel like, I felt by the time the sequel trilogy came out, I feel like the fans felt like they had complete ownership of the story or those characters or the yeah. product or whatever. And so outside of films like Rogue One or, or things where it's like fan service heavy, it's, you know, it's, you, it would have been brave to, and, it, and, he, and I feel, I genuinely feel like history will view The Last Jedi the way it views Empire Strikes Back now. But looking back. Oh, yeah. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I don't think it will even take that long. No. I don't think it will take that long. And I think part of the reason why is The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Because I think side by side, even if you disagreed with the story decisions or character decisions of Last Jedi, you can, side by side, it's obvious which is the better film. Just from a technical standpoint, mm. um, in yeah. terms of what's more coherent, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, so... And also, I think something that I guess I don't I I, I don't really want to say all oh, these were brave decisions that they made, but maybe they are because they obviously had to sort of instead of being like right, let's make something that the fans will be happy about. They're like, I want to tell this story, and this is the best way to tell it. And that's you can see that in the fact that 
the new characters in um, Empire Strikes Back are few and far between, but the ones that they do introduce add something substantive right. to the story, specifically Yoda and Lando Calrissian. Yoda, it's weird to think that he, he didn't exist as a Star Wars character until Empire Strikes Back. True, yeah. And, you know, same with Lando Calrissian to a point, but Yoda was, for me, like, I don't want to say a spiritual teacher growing up, but I felt like I, those scenes with him and Luke on Dagobah really, really resonated. Mm. I felt like that, I felt like when I was a kid, that was the first time, um, you know, those issues were sort of explored mm-hmm. or like talked about, you know, like when, um, Luke gets there or when, when Luke meets him and he's like, I'm looking for, you know, Yoda, he's a great warrior. And Yoda's like, war does not make one great. Mm. And it's just things and ideas that are brought up and, and Luke in the, um, you know, the cave when he confronts Vader mm. and then he realises he's actually confronting himself and it, there was it's so many deep things happening mm. in those scenes but they work on multiple levels and they hit you differently depending on what age you're watching it. Mm, yeah. yeah. I felt like every time I hit some sort of like age landmark and I watch Empire Strikes Back, those scenes... I got something different from them. Yeah. And, yeah. So I feel like that's an example of introducing a character that has a purpose and it's not just there. Because Yoda, like, on paper, you can be like, oh, yeah, you know, this. he'll sell a fuck ton of toys and merchandise and it'd be great for kids and all that. But that was not his role at all. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas now, mm. you have, like, especially with big, um, you know, properties, and Star Wars now is a humongous IP, there's always that one eye, two merchandises in there. So like you introduce a character, and yeah. it's like, the marketability of this character, and it's like, you introduce a character that, if they weren't in the story, would have zero impact on the on the story if they weren't in the film it would have zero impact on the story yeah. but they're fun or you can you know they'll be great in the theme park and Rise so of Skywalker be... managed to introduce loads of new characters with no purpose and not sell any merchandise so well yeah well those, those new well done, so many of those characters that had new characters that had speaking parts in the Rise of Skywalker it was just like if you're friends with J.J. Abrams you get it you're gonna get a part in yeah. the, and it wasn't even like a sort of, you know, a cameo as a, a stormtrooper where you know you're in it. Right. But this is like taking lines away from... Do you know what I mean? It's like they're unnecessary. Literally, the things that were coming out of their mouths, you could have given to someone we already know. It's just literally stupid. But... You didn't even have to give them to people you already know. You can just not have them and then spend more time developing the story. I feel like you could actually talk about how good Star Wars is by just pointing out how bad The Rise of Skywalker is. Yeah, but let's not do that. Let's not do that. Tempting, though. I don't want to think about it. I know. I think about it every day. Do you? Yeah. That's really unhealthy. Stop. It is. 
I feel like I, I need therapy about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, and also, at the same time, I don't think it, I would be the first person that spoke to a therapist and raised watching that film as some sort of triggering event. Probably not. <laughs> go to a therapist then. I don't know. Yeah, but we're in lockdown, babe. Can't go to a therapist. You probably can, actually. You probably I've can. Never it's, uh, yeah. But anyway, so I haven't seen a Star Wars film. Okay, get on with your notes. All right. So, yeah, that's, that's Lando Calrissian. You know, I, I, I love the fact that um, Han is the uh, reluctant hero, but he is the hero in the... He, he sort of um, fills the traditional hero, hero role because Luke is on a, a different journey because Luke's journey becomes darker in The Empire Strikes Back. He's like a... You know, that self-discovery. It's like he's growing up. He has to transition from boyhood into yeah. manhood. And Han is already there mm-hmm. at New Hope, but he needs... He's, his journey is different where he is looking for purpose and belonging. Right. And even when we see him in the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, he's still trying to run away. He's still, like, yeah. we think at the end of A New Hope, that's it, he's he's part of the, uh, you know, he's got his medal, he's, he's part of the crew, he's part of the gang, he's invested in the rebellion, um, you know, yeah. he's got a ti- he's got a military title now, yeah. but at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, he's fixing the Falcons so he can get the fuck out of there. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, I love how they pivoted because... I think a lot of fans going into the Empire Strikes Back genuinely believe that the central romance of the um, of those films would be between Luke and Leia. Mm. And obviously we know different because we weren't born when those films were, were, were released. But it was the right pivot, or I don't, I don't necessarily think that was ever the intention, but in this film where the, the actual tension was always between Han and... And yeah. Leia, because they challenged each other, because they asked questions of each other, and Luke and Leia always agreed. Or they, you know, mm. so it made sense that they were twins, apart from the, you know, the twincess moments that, yeah, we don't even talk about. But um, mm. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I don't know. I like those the reluctant hero um, character types and. That, for me, Han became... That's when Han became, like, one of those legendary characters. Or it's like, he'll he'll go down in history as, as you know, epitome of, of, like, rugged, smuggler, cool man. Because he stepped up. Yeah. And, yeah, like, uh, had a rough time by the end. Yeah, very rough. Very rough. But... Yeah, and I, 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 I enjoy Lando a lot. But, um, yeah, I also love that the Empire Strikes Back um, subverted expectations, but not for shock value. Right. Because to subvert an expectation is easy. It's like, this is what people, people think A is going to happen... Yeah. So you do B. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. But with... That's a very cheap trick. Anyone can do that. But yeah. for it to be meaningful or to have an impact, 
um, you know, it, it needs to have substance to back it up. Yeah. And I feel like um, the two best examples I have for Empire Strikes Back is one is like a, a sort of, you can describe it as a cosmetic example and the other is more substantive. But the first is that the um, Battle of Hoth happens at the beginning of the film. If you think about yeah, like yeah, a yeah, big yeah. budget, you know, a Happens massive end, blockbuster yeah. space opera saga extravaganza, mm. you're go you're trained to expect a big climactic battle. Yeah. But we, they were they didn't want it was, it was like they didn't want to deny the fans the spectacle. Yeah, yeah. But it's like we'll put it at the beginning, yeah. you get it out of the way, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. jump into the, the the fucking nitty gritty of the story. Yeah. And then really there there are no big the 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 next big sort of action sequence, and there is, you know, there's a cool chase um, in the asteroid field with the Falcon and the uh, the ties and all of that stuff. It's not like it's action free, but it's more intimate. There's smaller set yeah. pieces, yeah. Um, and then obviously you need to ha- you need to leave room for that lightsaber fight between Luke and Vader. Yes, that has to breathe. You have yeah, to be yeah, able yeah, to yeah. let that tension build, and yeah, that's why that lands better than. If could you imagine if that was intercut with like a big space battle and they do yeah, that and you yeah, can yeah. do that well and I think it is done well in Return of the Jedi, um, where it's you know the Emperor Vader and Luke and then you can see the battle is going on outside, um, over Endor. Mm. But I feel like that only works and they could only do that because they got they got it so right in, The Empire Strikes Back, and because they did allow that confrontation between Luke and Vader to happen because you knew that Luke had no chance mm. against him. Yeah. You know, but it that's where the tension was. It's like how is he going to how is he going to get out of this? He's not he's not prepared for this fight. But there was it's you know, he he followed he followed that pull. Yeah. And it you know, led to the well some call it the biggest twist in cinema history, um, and that's the you know revelation that Vader is is um, is Luke's dad, and I always say that I'm I'm sort of lucky in the sense that I never had that spoilt for me because I watched the original trilogy quite young, and it yeah. was before I had access before the internet or anything like that, so I, I was able to watch it in order and have that reveal fresh. And it also helped that my parents knew nothing about Star Wars. So it wasn't something that they could have um, spoiled for me. But, yeah, I I think that is an example of an effective subversion of expectation. Mm -hmm. And, or like a, you know, just a a great, you know, a, a brilliantly executed twist. Yeah. Because it's not like they were really throwing down the like breadcrumbs in the lead up to it. Mm. It felt right when when it like when it happened, it felt like it, it made sense that there was something big and and like it's going to turn the whole saga on its head event or reveal then. But for that to be it, it's like when you when it's like it's like oh shit, but and then it's like yeah of course because this is what the story is about, yeah. and then it's like automatically Vader becomes 
a million times more interesting. A million, like, just so much more interesting. Mm. And he's no longer a, a two-dimensional, you know, villain in a cool outfit. Like, he, there's, there's something there to, to dig into and, uh, and look forward to. And obviously, you know, we did with... Yeah. The films um, subsequently and ultimately the whole story is about him. Um, but yeah, another thing I love about The Empire Strikes Back is that John Williams did not rest on his laurels. No, like, no. I have to fact check this, but I think this was his first sequel that he scored. Oh, right. Um, could be wrong, let me know if I am, but um, I, I think it was. And, you know, he wrote a fucking masterpiece score for A New Hope. He could have very easily just, you know, recycled those themes or it's like adjusted some, but he wrote so much more, so much new music. Like, imagine, the um, the Imperial March was never heard before The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Asteroid Field was never heard before Empire Strikes Back. Yoda's theme didn't exist before Empire Strikes Back, but these... Um, sort of musical cues are as iconic as the fan f- the Star Wars fanfare or um, the Force theme. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... I felt like it's just another example of how, you know, they... they went into this project with... with no... there was no cynicism in it. They, it was... Li- it, they really did want to tell the story in the best way possible and make the best quality film they could. Yeah. And I think it shows, and I think that's why it's it's still considered the best Star Wars film and it still tops a lot of people's lists of um, their favourite Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. I think we appreciate it, even if we don't necessarily know how to articulate why we what we're do you know what I mean it's like, it's like you yeah. can just tell it, 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 you do absorb that um, and <laughs> I've put all this like serious like stuff and observations and then I've put Raspberry Ripple Vader in his Kinder Egg literally I've put Raspberry Ripple Vader in his Kinder Egg mm-hmm. so I love that about The Empire Strikes Back that you see him take his or <laughs> you get that insight into him that it's not just a machine that there's something living underneath yeah. and it's scary that, sca- that scene when I was a kid scared me it was terrifying because it was like it was for me it was it was a lot easier to just think of him as a machine yeah but to, as soon as it was revealed that there's something living underneath that scared me more because it's like well what happened to this person mm. to lead to that mm is was fear inducing and maybe i'm just a mess i was a messed up kid (laughs) like that was my insight into this film but it was uh, yeah you know like looking back it's like why did that scare me so much there isn't anything it didn't seem to last very long these films are not horrors they're not you know they are child friendly in the most part yeah but yeah that really really stuck with me but the older i got the more i did come to think of it as he he just looks like he has a raspberry ripple head. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> just hangs out in this giant Kinder egg. <laughs> I hope they made a toy out of that. Like, 
I'm pretty sure they, I'm sure they did. But in the eighties, if there was any like Star Wars toy figure set or whatever, I, I would have wanted that. Yeah. Just so I can like lift the top up. It's like, and it's white inside, antiseptic white, and like Vader just sat there, and you can take his helmet off, and it's like really gross. Ah, <laughs> oh, love it. And the um, the last thing I I've put here to say, and then I can shut it up, is that um, Tim has seen Aquaman more times than he's seen <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> So, and I've put this here and just... I'm not ashamed. <laughs> no. I'm proud of it. And I think the reason why I've put this here is just in case you said anything that was just so out of whack and that's so outrageous that I'd have to be like, right, this is why you just completely discount anything that comes out of Tim's mouth and that he's seen Aquaman more times than he's seen Empire Strikes Back. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I think I will be seeing a Star Wars film soon because we're going to try and check out... Um, so the cinemas in the UK are going to oh, start yeah. reopening mm-hmm. in a few weeks. Fourth of July. And yes. I think that, obviously, um, there'll be new releases, but to try and get folks back into... You know, get bums on seats, they're going to um, re-release films. July 10th. Brilliant, yeah. So um, one of the films that they've... Um, one of the cinema chains here has announced that they're going to um, re-release is The Empire Strikes Back. Um, and I think Disney have, um, you know, put forward a sort of like, a, not a new version, but what am I trying to say? Like a, not high Remastered. definition. Remastered. That's it. Thank you. That's the word. And so, yeah, so they've, <laughs> they've got a remastered version of The Empire Strikes Back. And yeah, we'll go watch it. It'll be nice. So I watched it in the Royal Albert Hall uh, with live orchestra. That was, when was that? Feb? I'm sure it was the beginning of this year. Mm. No, no, it wasn't. That's no. a lie. It was end of. It was before, uh, maybe it was like October last year. Well, what did I come and watch? We watched A New Hope. So oh, I went right. with James to watch Empire Strikes Back. We went to watch A New Hope. Um, so yeah, so it'll be good to see it on the big screen again. But I, th- I think... Unless I'm overcome with a desire to put one on, uh, that would be the next Star Wars film I watch. So, so yeah, slowly getting there. But I'm done. I cannot, you know, like downplay the effect that it had because I feel like I'm really jealous of of the folks that were able to sort of cop. Um, compartmentalize the rise of Skywalker and be like, yeah, I didn't like it. That is, it's. Just, I'm not. I'm just not going to regard it as part of the, the saga. And they could watch those films and not and not think about, um, you know, the rise of Skywalker as something that like had a detrimental effect on the story. But I can't. Like maybe I will, and I hope I will. But I just feel like. I'd be lying if I said the way something ends doesn't have an impact on the rest of the story. Yeah, massively does. Um, just look at Game of Thrones. It's like, I will never watch that series ever again. No. Because there's no point. Like, just knowing where it was going, you just feel like you were cheated out of all of that time. And, I, and, there's no, and I think that it's not because the execution was crap and it was just like a sort of a, you know pants film i just think that the story and character decisions were about? just so poor 
uh, both, really. Like, yeah, I think but, it was better uh, both. It was rubbish as a film as well. Yeah, but I'm saying if it was just that. Oh, if it was just yeah, that. Yeah, I'm saying if yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, the yeah, execution yeah. was poor. Yeah, yeah. Y- that's why I think the prequels, you know, have yeah. like that they have come out the of the they've come out the other side of the criticism and stuff. Yeah. It's because people can overlook the execution because of the wider purpose. Yeah, because and yeah. then there is enough there in terms of story and character uh, to be like and how it plays into the re- yeah. and into the saga as a whole to be like yeah you know I can yeah. rewatch the prequels and I can overlook. Yeah. The bits that, you know, I could turn that critical brain right. off. But The Rise of Skywalker fundamentally undermines, in some ways, um, mm. you know, a lot, a lot of the story that's come before. And, and, yeah, just... Significant ways. I just didn't feel like it had any integrity, story-wise. And, um, yeah. So mm. I was really hoping that it would be the best Star Wars film ever, but... I thought it was going to be, and then, <laughs> yeah, got that. But that's okay, because it means that we can, you know, Empire Strikes Back is is still on the throne, and um, a very, very happy birthday to it, you know? Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Empire Strikes Back. That's me doing the... What's that? The little blowy thing that you get on you, you have a party oh, hat, yeah, you have yeah, a... Yeah. A thing you I blow it, it goes. Yeah. Boop, boop. Oh yeah, those are fun. Yeah, what happened to those? Oh, it's a choking hazard, streamers. isn't it? No, it's like a streamer on the end. But yeah. I imagine kids probably inhaled it and it just went down and blocked their windpipe. No, but I don't think it works that way. You don't think that would happen? No. Like it's so light. You have a kid that doesn't know what they're doing. No, and they go, because it's rolled <laughs> up. They suck it in. It's rolled up in on itself. You can't then suck that in. No, but yeah, but they choke. That's why it out. doesn't go anywhere. No, no, but, no. Okay. All I'm saying is. I feel like they're not widely as available and it might be because of some idiot kid probably that sucked it down into their windpipe and choked but yes um, thank you all for uh, tuning in and we're, we're happy to be back um, let us know what you think what you love about The Empire Strikes Back um, and yeah definitely if you if you can go out and watch it in the um, cinema when they reopen please do it'll be such a fun experience to see it on the big screen again But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And all that's left to say is may the force be with you. Bye.